You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Utes podcast. I'm Jay Catch. That is Brian Brown. Brian, how's it going? I'm waving to everybody. As, as, as you all know, this is a visual medium, so hi. Maybe at some point it'll be a visual medium. Of course, it's audio for now, but we need to go video at some point here. But regardless, thanks again for joining us for a Tuesday edition of the show. A lot to get to on today's podcast. We need to talk about signing day coming up tomorrow. Give you a little bit of a primer of what to expect for the University of Utah in that regard. Two big uh, subtractions at the running back position for Utah coming in terms of transfers, guys going into the transfer portal. We'll break that down. We'll also preview the hoops matchup with UVU tonight. So a lot to get to, Brian. Should we break on into it here? Count them down. Let's get it going. All Let's right. Get it started. This, ah. this is the Locked On Utes podcast for December 15th, 2020. Once again, welcome into the Locked On Utes podcast. I'm Jay Catch. That is Brian Brown. We are your one stop for all things Utah Utes every day. That's what we aim to be with this podcast. We want you guys to be smart Utah fans when you're talking with your family and friends. Brian's got the expertise. I'm just along for the ride. But you know what? We're going to have some fun regardless. Brian, uh... I guess first thing, we need to make sure everybody understands. Follow or subscribe to this show wherever you're listening in from on your podcast. iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, I guess I should say. Spotify, Google Podcasts. There are a myriad of podcast providers out there. But more importantly, leave us a rating and review. Yeah, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, whatever whatever your podcast jam is, we're on it. Um, Vote us up because... The more we get those five stars, the more we can do in terms of bringing you great content, in terms of getting people and guests on the show, all that kind of stuff. The the higher you rate us, the more we give back to you. We're like the best kind of 401k. (laughs) You invest in us, we invest in you. That's the easiest way to say it. So big thank you in advance for you guys' support. Off to a great start already with this relaunch of the podcast and looking forward to many, many more shows. But let's get going here today, Brian, with two big subtractions of the running back position for the University of Utah. And that is that Devin Brumfield, as well as uh, Jordan Wilmore, have entered the NCAA transfer portal. Of course, entering the NCAA transfer portal does not mean they cannot return to the University of Utah, but it means they are exploring their options now. And I'll be frank, I was a little bit surprised that both of them entered the portal. Yeah, so am I to a degree. Uh, Brumfield was one that I expected a little bit more. He has some things going on off the field that that kind of made me think that he might reconsider. And just the fact that he wasn't getting the number of reps that I think he wanted on the field uh, led to that decision as well. He was primarily becoming a short yardage and a third down back for the University of Utah. And I think he has a skill set to be an every down back at, at maybe a lower lower level P5 school or a G5 it just it appears to me very very obvious that Ty Jordan is light years ahead of everybody else and and when that is the case players know yeah. when guys next to him or guys in front or behind them are better than they are you're there every day at practice you can see it you can watch how the coaches interact with them and so to kind of counter the immediate reaction of well they just don't want to compete compete for what 
Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the biggest thing is, is Utah does not run a high powered, high play offense where everybody's going to get 25 touches a game. We have to spread the ball around to tight ends. You have to spread the ball around to wide receivers. Your running back's going to get 20 to 25 carries. And we've seen already this year that Kyle Whittingham and Andy Ludwig want to ride Ty Jordan as much as they possibly can because of his explosive ability. You know, he locked that game up against Colorado with the big run there at the very end. And it was just, it turned what was a close game into a blowout. And that was that. Um, So when you look at that kind of thing, Brumfield's not as surprising. Jordan Wilmore, a little bit more so. Yeah, I think both of them are talented running backs. I'm with you that Jordan Wilmore, he seemed like a guy who was a natural fit for what Utah did on offense when he came to the University of Utah. I think a lot of people actually anticipated him being, I guess, that quote-unquote lead back this year after seeing Zach Moss depart for the NFL. But you're right, Ty Jordan has come in and just been absolutely lights out for this program. And I need to find out. I'm not sure this question has been asked if, and I'm, I'm guaranteed that Kyle Whittingham would speak in one of his witticisms is what I like to call him. Give me a bunch of coach speak on this, but I wanted to ask him, did you see enough from Ty Jordan in the high school ranks to believe that he could be what he is right now as a true freshman? I'm not Ty sure they Jordan. do. Yeah. Ty Jordan was a guy that, as I spoke with, with sources around the program that they were incredibly high on for a very, very long time. Okay. Uh, in terms of recruiting, Utah is very deliberate in who they go after and, and for good reason. And they have a very, very good program in terms of uh, being able to develop guys uh, along those lines. The interesting part about that Jordan was one that I'd heard about early, early on. It was a, he was always the target. He was always the one that I think they wanted the most. And it, it was evidence you know, by, by the amount of effort and time and energy they put into stealing him away from Texas. And, you know, along those lines too, what a steal that was. Yeah. Because I think Jordan, if not freshman, all American, he will absolutely be all pack 12 freshman, um, maybe even freshman of the year. Who knows? Uh, I don't know if they do freshman or newcomer, but um, has the potential for that. And in addition to that, I think to, to lead from Brumfield into Jordan Wilmore, Wilmore is a, a back that they were very high on. There's no doubt about it. And he showcased a lot of skill set. I think Devin Brumfield was a little bit more limited okay. in terms of athleticism. I don't think he had that same ability to burst through the line, to hit the hole quickly. He was a very bulky back. He had a lot of strength behind him. He was one that always seemed to fall forward, get a yard or two, um, but not the type of explosion that Zach Moss had where he could plant and go and he was almost full speed immediately. Um, The best running back I've ever seen at being able to see a hole, hit a hole and get through a hole was Matt Asiata. And so that's kind of my barometer for when I compare running backs and, and Brumfield was just not up to that level. Whereas Zach Moss is Ty Jordan clearly is Uh, Jordan Wilmore has that potential. He's just not a very patient runner. And his vision right now is is still in development. And Ty Jordan has all those aspects in, in spades. Also, we're seeing flashes of that from Makai Bernard, who is yeah. 18 years old. It's now his second year in the program. He's very, very young for his grade. So he is still developing and growing. And as you're seeing all this happen, he was a, he was a prospect that I'd heard early on from Utah, even over Jordan Wilmore. Jordan would, was one that they offered. They always pursued it. They wanted to get him. But I felt like Bernard was the one that they were always highest on, that they felt his ceiling was the highest. 
And so as Wilmore gets further on the depth chart, further down on the depth chart due to injury, I think he just saw the writing on the wall that now I'm third and, and my odds of getting reps again are not nearly as high, but it was still a surprise. So my, my one other question I've got here, Brian, and you can answer this better than I can in terms of depth. Now you lose two guys who you thought were going to be on the depth chart for Utah running back. How much of a concern is the depth chart for Utah right now? I get there's only one game in the regular season left here. So that let's leave that aside. But in terms of moving forward, how much of a concern is their depth chart wise? Yeah, for me, it's not a concern at all um, because I know that you've got a commitment from Ricky Parks, three-star mm-hmm. running back out of Florida, who, if you watch his tape, he is very impressive. And you want to talk about a back in the mold of Zach Moss. There's your correlation. Now, the Florida connection, obviously, and, and there are parts about Zach Moss that are just so extremely special that you're never going to find it a perfect replacement for him his balance his ability to cut on one foot and explode the way that he could kind of tiptoe and then plant and go in a hole and the way that he could set up defenders and build his own hole out of whatever the offensive line was doing in front of him was very elite and and very rare i don't think there are a lot of backs out there that can do that uh but i do think that ricky parks athletically size wise all those kinds of things is very close to moss And so that gives you three solid backs going into next year. You've got some walk-ons, Charlie Vincent, uh, Faisal Aden, who uh, Kyle Whittingham said on the coaches show will be now on the traveling squad. Uh, But you have weapons. That's the biggest thing. Money Parks, who's still learning the system, so we haven't seen a lot of him. He's a guy that can be versatile into the backfield. Britton Covey's another guy that you can put back there and get some speed out of. Brant Keithy who we saw in the Wildcat formation. And and there's a lot to build off of that if Nick Ford gets the snap right. And I'm not knocking on Nick because I've snapped in cold before. It's really hard, especially your first time doing it. But there are still weapons and options out there. So I think depth, especially at that position, it was Utah was kind of playing with house money. Okay. for this year with with those four guys so i think that's it's it sucks to see players go but this is going to be the reality of the university of utah moving forward because every single year you're reloading with players that are as good as or better than some of the guys that are already in your program all right well we will uh, get more on this as we hear more about it kyle whittingham will speak to the media and i'm sure we'll address it more of course he did address it on the coach's show but i'm sure there'll be more comments on it more thoughts from him on that so we'll get to that brian we do need to get to our signing day primer let people know what to expect in the early signing period for the university of utah we'll get to that we also need, still need to talk about devin lloyd we meant to talk about him here him being a butt kiss award finalist that's a big time honor for utah's star linebacker so still a lot to get to but right now brian we do need to talk about our good friends over at coors light and that's what i'm always waiting for jake when we can take a break to tap the rockies to to cool off yep to to calm down to chill out and have ourselves a course. Yeah, absolutely. Whenever everything's going on, it feels like we all always need a chance to chill. That's what Coors Light is here for. doesn't matter what is going on, what sport's on, etc. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport or the Utes in this particular 
particular case just to drink beer. So flip through the channels, find a sport, and crack open a Coors Light. And like Brian said, tap the Rockies. Guys, we love Coors Light. They're a proud sponsor with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Utes. It's cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. So check it out. Coors Light is one that we choose when we need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that is literally made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. That's Coors Light. Please celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's here, folks. The early signing window. Of course, this year, 2020, has been one of the weirdest years in memory in multiple ways, especially on the college football front. Uh, Coaching staffs have not been able to go out on the road recruiting. Athletes have not been able to take their official visits or even unofficial visits to a large degree to check out the universities that they may sign paperwork with that bind them to those universities here over the next three days. Of course, the early signing window is three days long, but really, the Wednesday when it opens, it's like an early, it's, I think most people call it early signing day. Is that right, Brian? Correct. Yes. And and what this is honestly transitioned into is is the primary signing day sure. for most recruits. They want to get the decision out of the way. Imagine that high school kids being impatient. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thunk? Absolutely. But this is a big uh, opportunity for the University of Utah. And I actually think the way that things have shaken out in 2020 in a way has been an advantage for, for Utah, Brian. And let me explain why I believe that. Because there are guys who are going to go to universities and get winded and dined and go check out all of the sites to see those universities and be like, oh, we've got stars in their eyes. And they're like, yeah, I want to come here to school. Well, there is a chance, I think, when you have to sit uh, universities side by side and you haven't seen them in person, where you more are gauging the football success, the way that programs are developing guys for the NFL. And in those two cases, I feel like Utah competes with anybody nationally, honestly. I do think that they have the track record of saying, if you want to go to the NFL, you want to be developed as an athlete, as a human being, as a player come to Utah. And I actually think in a way, 2020, this recruiting class is a benefit to Utah with the way things have shaken out. Do you agree? I, I would agree in, in every aspect that you mentioned. I think uh, it also benefits Utah in a sense because there is a perception of what, what I like to call the Utah bump in recruiting, that when okay. Utah offers a player, there are immediately schools and, and programs that will offer that player as well. Mm-hmm. And, and, we talk so much about the quarterback position, but if you look at the University of Utah the last three to four years, the guys that they have identified are guys like Jaden Daniels, who's one of the top quarterbacks in the Pac-12. Last year, it was an early identification of C.J. Stroud, who's now at Ohio State, four-star talent. Very, very, very impressive football player. So they are spot on when it comes to their recruiting, to identifying talent and things like that. So in addition to everything you said, where it becomes all about the football, all about the development, you're not having guys get wooed by trips to ASU or, you know, any other manner of things that could happen. And and we don't need to get too much into what happens to recruiting trips. I can already see the mentions on my Twitter page. Tell (laughs) us more. Tell us more. Any stories you want to know, look, it's 24-7, it's Ute Zone, it's Cougar Sports Insider. There's nobody better in the business in recruiting, in my opinion. Um, but the bottom line is, is that Utah has been able to fly under the radar as well and, and keep their recruiting under wraps and avoid other programs seeing and finding out what's happening. And I think that's 
another big reason why they've been able to solidify such a such an impressive, highly rated class this year. All right, Brian. So set the stage for our listeners. What should be expected for Utah on this early signing day slash early signing period? So the goal for the for the program is to get most of these guys signed and, and taken care of as of, of of Wednesday the 16th. And and so you'll see most of the commitments are, are rock solid in that regards. There are not a lot of guys out there that are wavering. We saw on Sunday night uh, Michael Mokofisi, who is a legacy recruit, uh, officially committed to the University of Utah. Thankfully, he did it at 1048 in the <laughs> evening, which anyone who works in media just absolutely loves sarcasm intended. Um, but Mokofisi is a legacy recruit. Father played at the U older brother, Filippo played at the U. He is an equally talented defensive lineman. Now that being said, he's also Utah's lowest rated recruit. So when you put that into perspective that a three star, you know, eight, four, one, six rated recruits so out of one, 0.8416. I'm going to do a terrible job of explaining the rating system, but he's a mid-level three-star recruit. When you think about that being the lowest rated recruit in the program, it's it's an impressive class. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I, I was looking at the 24-7 composite rankings for the individual classes. Utah is on track to put together one of, if not their best recruiting class they have ever signed. It just is an overall. And you're right. When a guy like Michael Mokofisi, a Woods Cross product, who I have seen play and I was really impressed with, when he's your lowest rated recruit that is committed to you, I think you're doing something right if you're Utah. Uh Talk to us a little bit, Brian, about what guys in this class do you think, and we already talked about Ricky Parks earlier on with regards to the running back position, but what guys do you feel like have the greatest potential to impact Utah in the near term, I'm saying in the next one to two years? I think the name without a doubt is Ethan Calvert. He's a four-star linebacker out of Westlake Village, California. Comes from Oaks Christian. Two older brothers playing the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. One at UCLA. The other is at Washington. He is one of the best linebacking recruits in the country. He's the fourth overall ranked at his position. He's the sixth highest ranked per- recruit at in the state of California, I should say, 74th nationally. So that tells you how good he is. And he is a classic example of how, you know, on the Utah boards, we say that Utah has been ninja recruiting this year. Yeah. He was a classic example of how well they recruited kind of in silence, under the radar, everything like that, uh, committed on uh, November the 12th. And so he is a 96-6 in terms of rating, very high four-star and and without a doubt, the crown jewel of the class, because he will be able to contri- come in and contribute immediately. I think anybody who's watched Utah play has realized how good Devin Lloyd is, and he may have the potential to test the waters in the NFL. We'll see. Yeah, Is five games going to be enough for NFL evaluators to say, yes, we want to take that guy? Hard to say. Uh, regardless, he will play a factor in the rotation. I also look at this class, and I actually really like how Utah goes about things. You mentioned earlier on how they are very targeted and how they go about it. They're not a program like other programs out there that throws out gobs and gobs of offers. Like We're talking some programs offer in the thousands, and their recruiting classes are only 25 guys. Why are you offering thousands of guys over here when you're really only going to be able to take 25 guys? I like how Utah goes about things. Is there a guy that you feel like is, I guess, what we call lurking or kind of working in the shadows that may be overlooked by certain people, but you think can be a great player for Utah? 
Yeah, I think for me, it's Jonah Ellis, who is another legacy recruit. And if you say, don't recognize the last name Ellis, yeah. find yourself a history book already. <laughs> Luther Ellis, one of the all-time greats in a uniform, actually currently coaching up at the University of Idaho, if I'm not mistaken. That's where Jonah went to high school. We played there in Moscow. Is it Moscow or Moscow? I don't remember how they pronounce it up there, but a good player and a guy that comes from, well, okay, let's be honest. Northern Idaho, Northeastern Idaho, not a recruiting hotbed. Let's be, let's be frank about this. But Jonah Ellis, everything I have seen from him shows that he has the goods that can be, that can be a very good player at the Pac-12 level. He does. And, and the, the, you know, the bloodlines clearly of it, having a father who's a coach, you know, his dad is coaching mm-hmm. up there at Idaho, um, you know, and, and he is an excellent player playing against, Northern Idaho competition. And, and I played with a lot of those Idaho type players who were overlooked when I was at snow college. And I'll tell you what, they are tough. They're hard nosed. They're well coached. They are disciplined and they're always underrated. And so he's a guy that I'm really high on uh, both because of the family connection and also because of the versatility. He's six two two ten, So there's potential for him to come down and play outside linebacker. There's potential for defensive end. There's also potential on the offensive side of the football. Uh, he's just one of those guys that is a football guy. And you want to get those kinds of guys in your program. Football players are always a good thing to sign. And I know that's, yes. that sounds like a very simple statement, but there are guys who are football players and they are the backbone of good teams. And a guy like Jonah Ellis to me screams that it's exactly what it's going to be. So uh, we'll examine that more in depth as we get closer to this early signing period. Uh, some good thoughts there from Brian. Any uh, final thoughts on this class, Brian, you'd like to pass along to our listeners? Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit more tomorrow, but Peter Costelli, who is the four-star quarterback commit out of California, and, and we can break down the Costelli versus Jackson Dart, how that all happened, sure. what's going on with that a little bit more tomorrow. But he is a name that Utah fans should know and, and should love because this is a kid that does nothing but grind and work and improve. And I am so excited for him to get a chance to get out on the field in January down there in California. Fingers crossed that it all plays out so they can do that. And for him to showcase all the hard work that he's put in. Yeah, absolutely. I I do actually, I think many listeners do want some insight on the Jackson Dart versus Costelli story. So that's actually a very good point that we will get to on tomorrow's podcast because there's more to that story than I think most people think, obviously. And we'll get to that. But Brian, coming up here in just a moment, we we do need to switch gears, talk some basketball. The running Utes are in action this evening when they take on Utah Valley University at the Huntsman Center. An opportunity to get back into the win column after the loss at BYU will preview that matchup and of course catch up on everything else we haven't touched on on today's podcast because like i said we aim to be your one-stop shop for all the utah sports news you guys need to know about before we get to that though brian we're going to talk about one of your favorite companies out there and that's our good friends at built go i just had another one today jake it was so good i don't know how i survived without built bar built go i'm looking forward to trying built broth yes i'm one of those weirdos that likes to drink bone, bone broth i subscribe to the kobe bryant okay theory on on getting that collagen and and healing your joints and everything like that it, it's just you 
I've never once been disappointed by Built across any of their platforms or products. Yeah, the Built brand of companies is great. And Built Go, what it aims to be is to help you break through whatever walls might be holding you back, whether they're mental or physical, they're here for you. You can go to BuiltGo.com to learn more about it. What I love about Built Go, in my personal opinion, Brian, is that it's just it's easy to take. It's a 1.5 ounce gel packet. You can you can take it and you're on with your day. It's got the kick of caffeine to get you going right away. It actually works out very well, by the way, as a pre-workout. I know many people like to take pre-workout. Well, Built Go is a great way to go about that because like I said, it gives you the kick of caffeine to get you going, but then it also has the B vitamins and the collagen protein in it to give you that long-lasting energy. It's not like it gives you the kick and all of a sudden you run out of gas. It gives you the long-lasting energy. Like It's like the five-hour energy, but it makes sure that you make it through that five-hour period and you're good to go. So if you go to BuiltGo.com right now, use the promo code LOCKED, you can save 20% on your next order. Brian and I wholeheartedly endorse everything going on with the Built brand of companies. I may be a little more reticent to try the bone broth, but I may have to try it at some point here. But regardless, go to BuiltGo.com right now. Brian's going me a funny face in our windows we record this but go to builtgo.com use that promo code lock save 20 percent. let's go with built go as we wind down on this tuesday edition of the podcast let's talk some running utes hoops brian a big opportunity this evening to get back into the win column for larry kriskoviak's team as they take on utah valley university another in-state game but one that i feel like uh, utah should be heavily favored in and should win outright yeah, it's, you know, it's, I don't think this is a rivalry by any stretch. It's an in-state opponent. I think it's a game. Larry Kraskoviak uh, met with a media and talked about it, just basically saying that they weren't going to try and add any more out-of-conference games. I think this was an easy game for them. It's low risk. It's easy to schedule. The The COVID situation, I think, for them is much more favorable. Um, and it's not a team that really... I think there are some threats in terms of like, there are some good players. Like you talked about Fardaz, uh, AMAC, AMAC. Yeah. Um, I always want to pronounce those in Russian for some reason. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, they have some talent and some ability, but it is not anything like what they've just faced with, against BYU. And I think for a, a still maturing Utah basketball team, they need an opponent like this right now to get right, to get a little bit more confidence in their game, to, to iron some things out. You know, we, I have talked at, at nauseum about Pella Larson and he had a rough game. So you want to get him bounced back, get him feeling comfortable. Uh, you know, Alfonso Plummer is starting to emerge. You need Ryland Jones and, and Timmy Allen to reengage and get some, some confidence. So I think this is the perfect opponent perfect time for that because the most important thing for this University of Utah basketball team is going to be the conference schedule. Absolutely. So the names I would encourage Utah fans to be aware of from UVU include Fardaz Mac. He had a 27.20 rebound game and a loss against Wyoming in their most recent game for the Wolverines. He's an absolute load on the interior. He's got to keep an eye on. And he's 6'11", 245 pounds. He's got a, a 
great ability on the interior. The other guys I would encourage people to know about are Trey Woodbury, the transfer from UNLV. He was very good against a BYU in their in UVU's loss there. And also another former BYU product in Blaze Neal, the former uh, guard, actually originally a transfer from USU Eastern to BYU and then went to UVU. So he's playing in his third program. I think those three guys are the guys to know. It would be nice to be able to highlight Evan Cole, but the grad transfer from Georgia Tech, one of the more highly sought after grad transfers who went to UVU, has not been available yet this season. So that is actually a a win for Utah in terms of not having to face potentially UVU's best overall player. Yeah, and it does not look like he's going to play like you just said. Um, And and so I think in in approaching this game, it's... Man, you just want to see him come out and have a good effort. You want to see him hit some shots. Larry mentioned that he thought the defense was ahead of the offense. I actually did think that the defense was pretty decent against BYU. They forced more than a few turnovers. I think Alfonso Plummer has been really impactful in that regard. He's become kind of a, a thief. Yeah of sorts on the basketball court. Uh, Larry also mentioned in the press conference today that rebounding was an issue, which you and I talked about at the very open of locked on Utes, the 2020 edition that they really need to get on the boards and rebound efficiently. And I think some of that is Brandon Carlson did not come in and add to his body. Like we expected him to Lahat June has not played uh, as much. I think just simply because he is such a raw prospect. And and I, I know that Utah fans have high expectations for him. I know that the coaching staff has high expectations for him, but I think the coaching staff is very aware of how consistently he needs to be brought along. I'll say it that way, mm-hmm. where where you can feed him things here and there, but if you overwhelm him, you lose, you risk losing him and or, you know, all the habits and everything like that that you've developed. So that will be important. Mickey Yontanen, will he play in this game? You, yeah. He took a big shot to the nose. We don't know where he's at with that. Obviously, coaches are never going to give us any information like that. Thank goodness. You know, why would we want to be able to inform people? <laughs> Come on, you know, freedom of the press and such, and information, all that stuff. Listen, man, I'm still bitter over the fact that Kyle Whittingham kicked us out of practice last year. Yeah, so. that, 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 <laughs> that access seems to be more and more restricted the more we go along here. But regardless, looking forward to this matchup. It will be impar- important for Utah to keep AMAC and the rest of the U- uh, UVU's front line off the boards, if at all possible. But AMAC, man, he's an absolute load on the interior. 6'11", 245, really is a guy who just goes after it, is capable of putting points up in bunches off of those rebounds. So a guy like Brandon Carlson will have his work cut out for him. But regardless, I do think Utah is the better team and should roll in this game relatively easily. Yeah, it should be, like we talked about, a game where you can get right and and get into fixing some of the problems that BYU revealed, sure. because I think that's the biggest thing that happened is, is you went into a contest against a good basketball team, a well-coached basketball team, and they exposed a lot of your flaws. And I think some of that is the advantage of BYU having already played six or seven games and Utah was on their third. Um, it, it's just this year is so weird. And I, I, I always caution people and everything that to, to temper your expectations just in general, because Mm -hmm. you're dealing with college kids and unpredictability and who knows if you break up with your girlfriend that week and it just (laughs) sends you in a spiral, Yeah, you know, and I'm talking from experience as a player where I had real bad weeks because I had real bad dates the week before, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, 
But to throw a pandemic on top of that and everything that these guys have to deal with, especially with programs like Utah, where it is so regimented, where they're, they're so used to having fixed schedules and being able to get into the details, have some some cautious optimism, but also realize that we're going to see some bumps along this early road. Trust in Larry Kraskoviak. I know that the Utah fan base is very polarized when it comes to him and his ability, but trust in his ability to develop these teams the way that he sees best right now. And if it doesn't work, then let's evaluate and let's talk about, you know, is he on the hot seat or not? What's his future at Utah? What's the future of this team? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one other thing to pass along to you guys is the University of Utah women's basketball program suffered an 80 to 50 setback at Colorado yesterday. So a tough loss for the lady running Utes. They are now two and two on the season. Uh, they are back in action against Arizona State this coming Friday. And then, of course, on the weekend, they'll also face off against number six, Arizona. So a tough weekend ahead for uh, Utah women's tubes but we'll preview that later on in the week brian any final thoughts from you as you wrap up today's podcast i'm just excited to see mark madsen and his croc rocking king uh on the sideline for the uvu wolverines tomorrow uh one thing we talked about this right before we recorded this podcast if you guys don't know the story behind uh mark madsen and his affinity for crocs I need to fill you in some more. I can tell you this much, though. The man lives, breathes, and essentially just does everything in his Crocs. He swears by them. I hope he coaches in them, but I'm not sure they will let him coach in them. But if he can, you will see him wearing Crocs on the sidelines. So keep an eye out for that. I posted a, my favorite Mark Madsen video of him dancing. So just picture him dancing like that while wearing Crocs and enjoy the rest of your week. There you go. Big thank you once again for all of you joining us. For Brian, I'm Jake. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for December 15th, 2020.